to our Oscar night special edition of the podcast. <laughs> I tried to be like presenter Yeah, it's we're, we're going over the Oscars. Yeah. It happens once a year and we're very excited about it. That's why we have fancy clothes on, at least from the neck up or the... <laughs> or the, or the <laughs> at least... Or, or the torso up, you know? What, what they can see on camera. What you can see on camera. We're looking cute. Yeah. Um, anyways, hi, I'm Cindy. And I'm Dale. You, you can watch us on YouTube. You can like, subscribe, and comment on our YouTube videos. And then subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can listen to us on iTunes, Google Music, and Spotify at 16mm Film Crew Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at 16mm Crew Podcast and on Instagram at 16mm Crew. Mm. Okay. A lot happened. Looks were given, moments were had. So let's just jump into it. <laughs> um, everyone said this was like a really weird Oscars. And I was like, yeah, I guess, like yeah. during COVID. Yeah. Like, I don't know how normal it was supposed to be, but whatever. Um, so we had some predictions. Let's see if we were right or wrong mm-hmm. um <laughs> the first section we're getting into is the original screenplay mm-hmm. now dale what did you predict would win i had me with a toss-up between minari and sound of metal okay yeah i i yeah. like the black guy in me was thinking judas but i know it's kind of iffy and actually speaking on judas and black so i, I want to do want to give props because i didn't know i don't know if you're aware the lucas brothers they are a comedy duo they were on the writing team for it and i'm surprised that you know a comedy duo of brothers could write a script this serious and whatnot so still shout, shout out to them and props to them for that you know mm-hmm. yeah okay that's cool. yeah. um <laughs> So I had Promising Young Woman as my prediction, and that was the winner. Promising mm-hmm. Young Woman, written by Emerald Fennell. Um, I only did that because I felt like it would win, not because I believed it should. Mm. And I want to make that distinction <laughs> clear. Like, Promising <laughs> Young Woman is a <laughs> it is a really good movie, and I like the idea a lot. Mm-hmm. But personally, I would have gone with Minari. Just because, I don't know, for me, it felt more impactful as a script. Yeah. Um, but whatever. A girly won for that category. I don't think a woman had won for that category in like a while or, yeah. So I'm fine with it. It's just I I would have preferred someone else. No, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, for adapted screenplay. Okay. I know I had... Um, I think I had Nomadland, didn't I? Yeah, I had I had Nomadland. Mm-hmm. What did you have? I had One Night in Miami. Okay. Um, and I find it weird with this category because every everyone here it nominated, I think, is either a story or a play, and Borat is kind of a completely original screenplay. Hmm. So I'm like, why is it in this category compared to other yeah. adapted works, you know? That's strange. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. You're right. So. Yeah. Like. Who's, who won? Huh? I said, who won? Oh, the father. Of course, the father. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, this is like, this is like, this category is probably the start of my issue with these categories. Like, certain projects, like, certain, like, the, I feel like the voters in the Academy put projects in certain categories that don't really fit that category. And we're going to see it continue as, you know, we saw it continue as a night progressed with certain people as we go up further in the list. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, um, I'm not mad at it. You yeah. know, the father was really good. That's the thing about watching these movies before yeah. <laughs> Oscar night is that when something wins, you can say, "Okay," like you don't have to be mad at it. Yeah. Versus if you beat it and then the thing that you wanted to win didn't win, you would have like more of a reason to be upset. But since I saw, I saw, I seen it. Yeah. yeah I saw, it, experienced it. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I mean, okay, moving on. Visual effects. Mm-hmm. I did not have a prediction for this, but I did hope that Tenant won, and mm-hmm. Tenant did end up winning, yeah. which is awesome because the visual effects, I'm sure for most people who have seen it, probably was the best thing that came out of the film. Yeah. So there were some other redeeming qualities for me personally. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Tenant, I think, definitely deserved the win yeah it was it was obvious that it was gonna win um Mm -hmm. midnight sky i'm surprised it was there because it was nothing really visual well no the only real the visual effects were a lot of the scenes with um dang why is her name slipping me slipping my head right now uh star wars rogue one um dang Mm. Felicity Jones, yeah. Like, a lot of the scenes in that movie that were visually effects were just scenes of her daydreaming. Like, or her dreams. So, and it was a lot of CGI work. Tenet's visual effects are kind of more physical in camera. They're in camera. Yeah, they're in camera. So that's, like, this is one of those categories I, I have issues with. Are we talking about physical or digital? You know? Because there is a big difference in visual effects and how they're done on both realms. Because if you look at the regular visual effects in the in-camera visual effects of Midnight Sky, there's is really nothing, to be honest. So, so you're saying there needs to be different categories. Yeah, there needs to be a, a proper distinction between, like, traditional visual or CGI visual. You know, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. All right, <laughs> moving on to sound. Mm-hmm. Um, I. Yeah, I predicted Sound of Metal would win just because that's what I've heard everyone else has been saying. Yeah. So, what did you what did you predict? Oh, <laughs> your prediction. It was for me. It was also Sound of Metal, um, mm-hmm. because and the sound design in this movie was actually important because it was integral part in the okay. movie as certain things as it starts to decrease or later in the movie increase and adjust, like. Like, most movies, you can get away with having okay sound as long as your visual story correct. This one relied mm-hmm. heavily on um, Riz Ahmed's, the, what he hears. Because you're, you're hearing what he hears. So sound played a big part in this movie. So it had to be perfect. So Yeah. yeah. So congratulations on that. Mm-hmm. Short film, live action. The winner was Two Distant Strangers. I have no clue about any of these films because I didn't see any of them. But um, I, th- I think I saw a black person win that award, so I was like, okay, sure. Yeah, uh, yeah this movie, like, I'm happy a black creative won it, but it is still, I feel like it feels like one of those awards where white people are like, here, it's a black movie. 
and it was on Netflix and we got the award because it's this movie happened after like the whole uh George Floyd stuff. It went it's on Netflix and it's happening amidst that whole thing and the community voice cuz you know Twitter is basically just a giant community bulletin board people post their opinions as of most of black audience members they don't want to see it the more the pictures of black people killing by the cops and this is weird because this movie majority of the movie that's all that happens because it's a groundhog day style movie with that situation playing out like different ways for most of the movie oh, and okay. uh trayvon free he did speak out as far as the concerns because i do think what one thing good thing twitter is for as far as creatives particularly black people it gives them mm-hmm access to express their feelings and communicate with their audience. He explained he understood what the issues were, but he also said if you watched the movie, you would understand the intent behind it. But me personally, I'm probably still not going to watch it because I don't, I'm tired of that trauma issue. I mean, his heart was probably in a good place, but still, yeah. that's still a, a hard issue for us as a people to still want to visually see, as even though we're, for fun, because we could watch it on the news and see it happen for free. You know, so. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> that's so dark. Yeah. Um, I mean, but, you know. Short film animated went to If Anything Happens, I Love You. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't watch this film, but I do know about it because Laura Dern is a producer on it. Mm-hmm. And I follow Laura Dern on Instagram and everywhere because I think she's amazing. So. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Um, production design hmm. okay the winner went to Mank now I thought it was going to go to Tenet what did you think I kind of had it going to Ma Rainey's Black Bottom um okay. here's the thing I kind of feel like I do understand the work that goes behind it, set design and production design for black and white projects like some creatives take the lazy shortcut of shooting in color, converting to black and white in post. I know with, um, what was, I know with, um, WandaVision, they intentionally picked color palettes that work in black and white, but still have a broader shade of blacks and whites and grays to give the screen more pop. Um, so, I don't know if that's, that's most likely the direction they took, but, you know, it's, it's, you know, a 19, it's a, it's a what? How should I say this? It is Mank is kind of a a film purist's wet dream in a way. It's black and white, nineteen forties ish, you know, kind of thing. So any yeah. any award involving set design from that area is gonna it was gonna win anyway. So yeah, yeah. Hollywood loves to just give itself a little pat on the back. Yeah. Um, and I'm fine with it. Yeah. I don't have with it. The thing. David Fincher is my favorite director. Yeah. So like yeah. I know that when he does his when it comes to technically, like yeah. technical stuff, it's always it's always like top level. Top. It's always great. Yeah. So I, mean, I don't I don't mind. Yeah. Um <laughs> Okay. Best picture. Hmm. Can I say that when the best picture arrived before the actors in the ceremony, I was like, Am I lucid dreaming right now? Like what the actual hell is going on? Mm-hmm. I was super <laughs> and I hated that. But anyway, the winner went to Nomad Land. That was my prediction. Mm. I think that was the general consensus that. Um, for me, I wanted Sound of Metal to win 
because I think it was my it was my favorite movie of last year. Um, like I reiterated before, I thought Mank would give win it for it being that family this wet dream, like it's black and white, it's ninety four, that kind of thing. So I'm thankful it didn't win. I do think the selling point of this picture was something you, we mentioned before when you were reviewing it, that a lot of the talent in the movie were actual people who were, they were allowed to be off script and tell their stories, and I think that helped propel the movie to win the amount of awards it did win this whole past award season. Mm, yeah. yeah, I definitely think it, I think the reason why, because it wasn't my favorite movie of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite movie of last year was Never Really, Sometimes Always, but it, that wasn't getting anything, obviously, in the Oscars, but that's fine. Oh, yeah. um, I think that it was timely mm-hmm. because in the midst of the pandemic, just having like a stripped down kind of film where it's really about like connecting with people and treating each other with like kindness, that probably resonated with a lot of the voters more than like all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. Although I, I, there is an argument for Judas and the Black Messiah to kind of be in, kind of be close to that. I mean, it was nominated, but uh, it didn't win. But um, yeah, I think that's probably why. And then obviously the cinematography was gorgeous and blah, blah, blah. So like, I'm sure those were some of the reasons. Mm-hmm. And it was made by a female um, filmmaker. I really, I didn't, I can't say that I enjoyed it, but I did, I did respond to it in a good way. Yeah. So I don't. I think it's fine to win and I'm happy about like what it did. And Chloe Zhao is now like the first woman of color to ever win. Well, yeah. To ever win. Yeah. Um, best. No, no, no. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The woman who made zero dark 30 was actually the first person, but she wasn't a woman of color. So <laughs> whatever. <laughs> What's her name again? Kath? I don't even remember. Oh, dang. Yeah. Catherine Bigelow, that's what her name is, yeah. So, but yay, I was so happy for her. Anyways, music, mm-hmm. original song, went to Fight For You by her. Mm. Which is so cool. I was so happy to see her get an Oscar. I literally didn't have a, a prediction for this at all. No. Nah. Honestly, I, well, here's the thing with music. I thought... I found it odd that Soul, a movie that Soul music plays an important part and it's not on here for original song, but that's okay. But I, I am impressed. Like this is one of those, this is one of those categories where the committee was aware of a time period we are currently dealing with. You know, the whole post-Trump, um, neo New Age civil rights movement with songs from Black Judas on there, Trials Chicago 7, and One Night in Miami. Like, all those songs had to really either express issues of a strug- of struggle, you know? So I, th- I do think they were aware of the situation in picking the songs for this category and the vote that, the song that won. So. Yeah. It's very cool. Um, so original score went to Soul, yeah. Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, and John Baptiste. Yeah. Which I did predict because I was like, come on, y'all. Like, <laughs> um, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross were nominated twice yeah. because they worked on t- <laughs> which they always do and the music is always fantastic. Yeah. So, I'm happy that they won yeah. for Soul though because Soul was great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was their award to lose, basically. 
if Mank didn't win or sold it. It's like, okay, so it's sold, like I said before, sold didn't win original anything related to music, it would have been a, a trash sorry, a travesty. So yeah, it was their a their award to lose. If they didn't win that, it'd be a, a big issue. Yeah. <laughs> Huge. Um Okay. Makeup and hairstyling went with uh, makeup and hairstyling went to Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, I I could have given it to Emma because that the makeup and the styling was yeah yeah it was good it was good I think yeah. about it for a second yeah <laughs> it was good but I think in terms of makeup Ma Rainey's did it a whole lot better mm-hmm. and I think in terms of hairstyling Emma kind of did it better but mm-hmm. Ma Rainey won something they won something yeah. tonight. Um, like period pieces always win these categories, and yeah. I mean, um, Mank. I don't know how much went into it, Mank. I know costuming, yes. I'm not yeah. sure about hairstyle and makeup to a degree. Yeah. Um, you really tell black and white. Yeah, you can't. Right? You can't really tell. So. <laughs> so yeah, but Emma. Um, of course, amazing job it being a um. A period piece, same thing with Ma Rainey. And the thing with Ma Rainey, I like the most is at the end of the movie, if you saw on Netflix, they did go into detail explain that whole costuming and makeup process, which I felt was something most people who watch movies don't get to understand or know. So I think that mm-hmm. helped a lot in people's opinion of the movie and as far as that goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Alright, so the international feature film went to another round. I assumed it would just because that's the only one I've been hearing about. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, sounds like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Cool. I mean, it's, it's a category. Most English speaking Americans aren't going to really understand. I'm probably going to go back and find these movies now on, hopefully they're online somewhere with subtitles. Yeah, it's can, on Hulu. It's on, they're on Hulu. Okay. So I'm gonna go, I'm probably gonna take this weekend, you know, and, watch it you know and come back and talk about it so everybody else can go back and watch it as well um what was really moving was that the director yeah he said that he lost his daughter Mm -hmm. and the movie was dedicated to her and i was like wow that i i was shocked yeah that was was a really sad speech i was like and everyone's face, like, in the audience was just like, oh, my God. Like, I, yeah, it was completely unexpected because he was so happy when he got up there. And then he just, but and, I think that's nice that film can be therapeutic for the people who make it. Yeah. And um, stuff like that. I think that's really awesome. And, and I'm sure his daughter would be really proud. Of course. Like, and it was, it was like a real humanizing moment because if you're watching, if you're watching the broadcast, like, it's clear that producers and directors of the show, their goal was to keep it as lighthearted and as fun as possible. And it was one of the few real Mm -hmm. human moments we got in the broadcast, which I loved, you know? Yeah, I really appreciated that, actually. Yeah. Um, okay. Film editing went to Sound of Metal. Mm -hmm. Um, I would have, uh, I would have been okay with the father mm-hmm. just because I did like how it was edited because it obviously messes with the timeline. So you can, but it did it so seamlessly. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh yeah, that's dope. But Sound of Metal won. Yeah. Um, I would have been fine with maybe, yeah. I would I expected the father, as you said, with the whole timeline kind of 
uh, crisscrossing in a way. Um, I do think with this win, and you know, you know me in editing. That's the that's the one Oscar I want to win one day. Um, yeah, I do yeah. think I do think this <laughs> this category though. I think the sound component played a big part in it winning editing. Because those two were so tightly joined, if sound wasn't as important to the movie as it was, I don't think it sound middle would have won the editing award. So, right, and, and that's that's an, that's an honest opinion coming from an editor as well. So, you know, yeah. like the editing, it was beautifully done and stuff like that. But as far as how the editing played a factor in the movie, as how things were done, mm-hmm. I thought Father did a better job with the whole, you know, Nolan style timeline, you know, kind of thing. Right, right. Um, that's a good question. Which Oscar would you want to win? Yeah. <laughs> that's good. I would want to win. I think I would want to win original screenplay. Well, or adapted. I mean, you're a writer, so yeah. I would go for either one. Yeah, and I'll be happy with that. <laughs> okay. Documentary short, subject, collect. Literally have not seen any of these movies. Mm-hmm. You? Um, I during um Sundance uh one I did I w- did have the opportunity to watch a country it was a conversation, um, mm-hmm. like doc like this is one of those categories where there are so many projects as far as documentary short that happen, it's oh it's one of those categories that's real hard to keep track of, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I do think even though you don't win in this category, the fact that you were nominated for an Oscar in this category is a big, a big achievement. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true for actually all of the categories. It's yeah. like, you might not win, but that doesn't, that's still Oscar nominated is going in front of your yeah. name whenever you do. So like, that's pretty dope. Yeah. Um, okay. Documentary feature went to my octopus teacher. I thought it might go to time, but. I mean, I don't know. It's, Man in Octopus. <laughs> yeah, I I thought it would go to Crip Camp. Like mm-hmm. the funny thing with the movie is that when the title came out, everybody was like, "Y'all talk about gangsters." Like, no, the movie's talking about like disabled people and their issues. It's and, it, and it's a, mm-hmm. a wonderfully done movie. It's a documentary, so if anybody has opportunity to watch it, they should. So, yeah, yeah. That's not a good thing about the Oscars. It's like, okay, well, I've never heard of this, but I might watch it now because I heard it was nominated. Yeah. Um, okay, directing went to Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. Mm-hmm. And that's who I wanted to win, and that's who won. Mm-hmm. Um, I assumed Fincher is going to win it because even as I, even as much as I don't like Mank, I figured Mank, Fincher, it's, you know, perfect. Um, but yeah, no... Nomadland. After watching it, I can see why it won this award and cinematography. Um, because mm-hmm. between uh, Chloe Zhao and um the cinema world cinematographer, um, the those shots are um well didn't win cinematography, but I can see why I was nominated. The shots, <laughs> the shots between the two of them, like yeah, those scenes like are they're they're beautiful to look at like you could just take a screenshot in some of those scenes and slap it on your phone or computer as a, as a wallpaper and they look stunningly beautiful so yeah and i think the, the ability to like work with real people and not actors is yeah. really like a skill like you actually 
you have to really know what you're doing in order to like execute that well because it can go off the rails if you're not like focused on you know making sure everyone is together when it comes to like story beats or whatever but i'm not really even sure if she did that i'm not really sure how she constructed this working with real people yeah i th- i i think but even, like, she's amazing i still she's getting all her flowers because that's great yeah I, I i think in that situation of you having a loose script for your non-professional talent and with these people telling their real stories you kind of have to be aware and in the moment constantly of what's going on. Mm-hmm. So I do think mm-hmm. that played a key part in her winning this award. So Yeah, yeah. gotta be present. Yeah. He was really great. Um, okay. Costume design went to Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Honestly, I would have given it to Emma or Mank. I thought the costumes in both were really great. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm happy about that. And I'm happy for Anne Roth. Yeah, this 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 category follows the same pattern as um the makeup and hairstyle category. So, you know, mm-hmm. you, if you win one, you're probably going to win the other, and that's not a knock on. <laughs> so that's not a knock on the nominees or on Ma Rainey for winning, but it's usually those two go hand in hand and everything. So right, yeah, right. Okay, cinematography went to Mank, Eric Messerschmidt. I've never heard of him before. I thought it was obviously not Hans Zimmer, but like one of those, like one of those Hans types. Zimmer. <laughs> like, I mean, sorry, he's a musician. Yeah. Who am I thinking? Of? Cinematography. You're th- like Roger Deakins, is what you're thinking. Yeah, Roger Deakins, Hoyt, Hoyt, Hotima, who yeah. did um, and it, like one of, one of those people in that vein. Yeah. I've never heard of this dude, but the cinematography was great, so um, I can't be mad. It was. Not with Amanda Seyfried when she's like at the stake and he's like talking to her. That was dope. I was like, oh my god, this looks great. Yeah, there, there. It looks good. It looks good. <laughs> there are a couple of in-camera effects that I really enjoyed. Um, that whole dolly zoom sequence. You give me, a, you give me a nice dolly zoom sequence once in a while. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna, I'm gonna enjoy myself. So yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I also love Judas and the Black Messiah cinematography. That was great. No My Lens was great. Why the trial of the Chicago 7 is on this list, I couldn't tell you. But um, <laughs> there was some really good cinematography this year. I think Tenet should have been in this category too, if I'm being honest. But yeah. I, I, I don't know. That seemed like a lot of infighting, a lot of like, oh, you try and play us, so we're just going to... Yeah withhold things from you like that i don't know it kind of seemed a little messy on that part but i think my my thing with cinematography is i think there needs to be a more accurate description of it because cinematography is really one of those all-encompassing things is your camera work your lighting your um color palettes all and coming from one person Mm -hmm. all coordinating all that like um so I, I, there needs to be uh, like it needs to be there needs to be a way for like people who aren't like knowing the terminology of the industry to understand what each what goes into it because most people think oh cinematography is just how it looks or he's just a cameraman so yeah that's a really good point yeah I think that um I think they even mentioned that yeah 
during the Oscars, they were like, yeah, most of y'all don't know what this means. And honestly, I didn't know what it meant either <laughs> for years until like I started learning about film. So I can understand like there definitely needs to be like a definition breakdown. <laughs> Mark your ballots just because like yeah. so people don't know. Yeah. Um, okay. Animated feature film went to Soul. Obviously. 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 That wasn't that was like a obvious but thing. Watching watching those clips of the categories, it's like, oh, some of these actually look visually good, like Wolf Walkers. Like mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, I never I didn't hear of that movie. I now wanna go watch it because of how <laughs> visually distinct it was. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So That is true. Um, okay. Actress in a supporting role went to Yu Jean Jun. Yun. Yun. Yep. I'm probably butchering that. I'm sorry, but that's my Asian girly. She's amazing. Yeah. Um, her speech was amazing. I love her. <laughs> yeah. She's the grandma I think everyone wants. Yeah, I mean, her career arc is spectacular. Like, she was just mostly known in Korea for doing typical K-drama stuff in some film work and was really good, really famous, then gave that up to move here for her family. Then she was like, yeah, this marriage is not working out for me. Went back, started doing work in Korea, and then now she's like almost, what, 50 plus years old. I don't want to age her, so I'm just going to stop at 50 plus years old. And she <laughs> wins, wins her first you know, Oscar award, which is amazing, you know. So cool. Yeah. I I, I, yeah, go ahead. No, I was saying I wish more talent outside of the US or English speaking countries had that opportunity as well. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um as I was say, I think it's interesting just following the awards, how things change. Because in the beginning I thought it was like Maria Bakalova she was kind of the front runner to me, even though um, I wanted Amanda Seyfried to do it, like, or to get that recognition. Mm -hmm. But then it, like, switched and it turned out to be her. And I was like, oh, okay. I understand she was great in that role. Yeah. So I don't have an issue with it. And honestly, there were some people in this category who were actually just lead actresses that didn't belong in the supporting role category. So, but, um... I'm very happy for her. I think I hope she gets more work. That's always my thing with the when they give awards to people who are not from America and don't always do English speaking films. Like they like to just give people awards and then just like not talk and then they don't get jobs. Like I don't want yeah. that for her. So I just want her to continue working and that's my hope. Yeah. Like like you said with this like Yeah, like like Amanda's well, Amanda's not really the female lead in Mink. You could no, I was talking more about Olivia Coleman, who's yeah, she she's is the lead in the father. Like yeah, <laughs> she doesn't need to. Be. Yeah, and then Maria is the female lead in Borat. So Borat, this is so what... it's kind of just it's weird to me. I don't know. I don't really know how they decide like how much like what's the percentage of the movie you have to be in in order for you to get a leading or supporting role nomination. Like I'm not really sure how that's divvied up. Well. I'm not sure either, but I do know, like, okay, so we're we're about to hit the male, the supporting actor category soon, so I'm, I can say this now. Um, I do know the 
production companies for the films they do submit like the for, the for your consideration kind of thing yeah. they do submit actors for certain categories in the films in the film cycle like as okay. as like one of the major issues this whole award season was or when the Oscar awards were announced was the issue with um perfect example was um Judas and the Black Messiah like mm. i think Lankeith is listed as lead and um mm-hmm. Jesse and um Daniel are both supporting but both Lankeith and Daniel were both for supporting and not lead so it's one of the it's one of those things where i do think certain movies like for all for all we know Maria probably would have was submitted for lead actress in Borat and so was Olivia Coleman but the Academy took it upon themselves to put them in different categories for the award show. So, and I, yeah, I have probably. a, I have an issue with that to a degree. Just to a degree, not fully. <laughs> um, okay. So, speaking of supporting actor Daniel Kaluuya, won for *Juice and the Black Messiah*. Um, a part of me was terrified they were going to give it to Paul Racy, but I'm. But then I was like, Jesus, please just come through with this for me. And it happened. Mm. I cried. It was very emotional yeah. and funny and wonderful and very happy. But yeah, Daniel won. <laughs> That's what I predicted. That speech, that <laughs> speech though, like, yo, you put, Amazing. you put your parents, like, when my parents had sex, they had me, the camera just cuts to his mom and she's like, like, mm, bad, yeah. bad words just floating. Like, you can see all the words she wants to say. In her head, like, come on, like my guy, come on, like I know having <laughs> having Jamaican parents, that thought process, and he got African parents, so I know that night was not a good night <laughs> when he got back to when he got back home in um England, you know, in London. So yeah, or that phone call yeah. after. So yeah, that's and it's so funny because he always tells stories about his mom mm-hmm. and how she like doesn't care about what he does, <laughs> and um. So, but the fact that he actually won the Oscar, maybe she'll give him a little break. Mm. But I don't know. That's kind of crazy. Like, I was shocked that he said that because I was like, "Yeah, your mom's African. Like, yeah. you're you and- you're getting some smoke <laughs> when you go back." Like, like the only like that, was- that yeah, like the only issue I do have with this category is like Sasha Baron Cohen for Child Chicago Seven. I I. I said it once before when we first went over this. I'm gonna say it again. I do think the Oscars needs ensemble cast category because mm. I don't feel Sasha on his own, especially because the movie's called Trial of Chicago Seven. Like, come on, like that 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 whole cast should have been put up for something because yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. It wasn't that great. I don't even know why I was nominated for anything, to be completely honest with you. But, yeah. okay. All right, let's get to the big the big cojones. Um, lead actress. Let's start Let's start with actress yeah. in a leading role. I predicted it would go to Viola Davis. I wanted it to go to her. Mm. If not her, I wanted it to go to Carrie Mulligan. Mm. But Frances McDormand won for Nomadland. And I'll tell you why I have an issue with this. Because not I think that Frances McDormand is obviously an amazing actress, but I also feel like in this role, she wasn't really playing a character. She was more playing a 
for like a some type of version of herself. Yeah. And Chloe Zhao made that very clear in all the interviews that I've seen her talk about um France performance. It's always been like, well, so much of the character was Frances McDormand. So for her to win for an Oscar, her third Oscar, by the way, and some of these people don't even got one. Yeah. It just felt like I don't know. I didn't I didn't I really didn't rock with that. Like that did not sit right with me. Um yeah, this this was one of those awards like during the whole season from Golden Globe, SAG, every single award show that was going back and forth between her and v- Viola Davis. Um I did think that Andrea Day might have won because she became almost like a dark horse because she, I mm-hmm. think she ended yeah. up winning one of the one of those major awards. I'm not sure. I think it's mm-hmm. Golden Globes. Yeah, and it was it just it was out of nowhere. So like mm-hmm. she was kind of like a dark horse person in a way. But it, at the end of the day, it was between Francis and Avail Davis. And I do think to your to your point, it is correct. I don't think Francis had to do that much lifting as an actor. The way that mm-hmm. Viola kind of had to embody this almost bitter, yeah, woman, and that's not that's not being you know people won't say oh bitter black woman no, but her cat- category is very her character was very jaded and kind of bitter, yeah, and angry. Yeah. She had to, yeah, she put on a whole different persona. Whereas Francis, yeah, yeah. everything like in Francis everything. was just basically just Francis. Right, that, so, and I'm just like, come on, y'all! Like, y'all couldn't just do my girl a solid again. That, yeah, that didn't. I just felt like Viola really deserved it. Like, I just like watching that performance. Like, she, if not for her and Chadwick, like that movie would not have been anything. So, like, she really lifted and carried that joint on her back. And I really just felt like it was her time to get the leading, the leading mm. Academy Award because she already has one for supporting, but. I just felt like this was her moment, and they kind they kind of robbed her for that. For to give it to someone who already has two, like that just didn't. Yeah, I did yeah. not rock with that. Anyway. Yeah. All right, the biggest one, mm. the one they restructured the whole show around and it blew up in their face for. Uh, Can I tell you this is all the news? Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. Actor in a leading role went to Anthony Hopkins for the father. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So <laughs> I know people are angry <laughs> about this, and I'm trying to. I'm been thinking all. I've think, been thinking about all the time how to choose my words carefully. Um. I'm be honest. Like Chadwick winning, it was up there. Good performance, good performance. But winning. I don't... I think he was the... Because, let's be honest, The Father, I don't think, is a movie everybody saw. And it was clear from the reactions we, you saw on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, like, the grocery store person down the street, like, The Father wasn't one of those movies everybody saw. Majority right. of the movies, like, Minari, The Father, Sound of Metal, weren't really seen. Mankin, Mulraney's saw. Um, and I do feel the reaction with Chadwick is the fact that he that was just his last project. Um, and the Oscar does give posthumous awards, but mm-hmm. it also has to do, like, I'm going to use um, Heath Ledger as an example. Heath Ledger won for Batman, for The Dark Knight. That role 
wonderfully acted, wonderfully, wonderfully done, but also mm-hmm. it also had a cultural impact because after that movie, everybody was like, based on the quality of work, cinematography, um, the acting, the, the like, the writing, the the music, like this movie should be one of those movies that should be nominated for best picture. There's no reason why an action movie should not be nominated for best picture. Um, mm-hmm. And it it had a whole it changed movie culture in a way, as far as opinion goes. Whereas Ma Rainey wasn't one of those movies or roles that kind of had that same effect in a way. The effect the effect of Ma Rainey, for the most part of it, was, oh, this is Chadwick Boseman's last role. You have to watch it. That that was it. Yeah. And, I, and I feel like the fact that it was his last role and it didn't have that buzz as far as every other category played a factor into him not winning the lead actor role. And I do feel like if he won, it would have been still been shadowed if, oh, he only won it because he died. You know? Right. And this is one of that this is one of those nominations categories where I felt real iffy about if Ma, if Chadwick had won. You know. Yeah. I agree. I I did predict that he would win just because he was a favorite to win, not because I necessarily thought that he should. Yeah. I felt like, like you were saying about the the posthumous Oscars, I didn't want him to win for that. Like, I didn't want that to be, like, the reason why he got the award. Yeah. You know, so I'm actually okay with him not winning. Yeah. I feel like the fact that he gave this amazing performance right towards the end of his life and that it got recognized by the Academy is the win. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I would have been comfortable with him winning the award now. Because yeah. I'm like, well, would you have given it to him if he was still alive? Like, I don't know. I'm not sure if that, I don't know if, what that answer would be. Hmm. Um, and again, because like you said, most people have this in the father. They're like, oh my gosh, this old white man won the award. Why? Yeah. But if you've seen the father, you know that that was a spectacular yeah. performance. Like, yeah. Anthony Hawkins really pulled it out. Like, yeah. He's in his 80s and he really gave it. Yeah. So I'm not mad at that award. Actually, I would prefer him or Riz over yeah. what who category, Gary Oldman. Like yeah. you know, so I'm 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 actually fine with it. And Anthony Hopkins did acknowledge Chadwick in his speech. Yeah. My favorite part about this story is that he really went to sleep and he was like, Yeah, I'm not staying up for this. Like yeah. <laughs> you're gonna have to catch me. It's it's not it's it's not just that. It was um the man didn't want to travel. Um, so with this award show, they kind of said, yeah, we're not doing Zoom because we've seen all the problems that Zoom has had with all the award show, other award shows. So like, yeah, we're not doing Zoom. We're going to we're gonna social distance in LA and we're going to socially distance in like Paris, Rome, London, and Dublin. And he was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not leaving my house. <laughs> I, I refuse. <laughs> I love that so much. I refuse. That's me. Like, so, yeah. I'm not leaving. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's the controversy, but I honestly felt like it was kind of fine, and I felt like he was, I felt like it was okay that he won. I wasn't mad at it at all. No, so. I wasn't at all. And and like like I said, like if Chadwick won, I would have been ecstatic, but there were, between Chadwick, Anthony, Riz, and even Steven Yun, like, but you know, the Oscars has a tradition, if it's your first time being nominated, you're not going to win. Same thing happened to Amanda with Mank. You know, your first time, you ain't, you ain't going to win, you got to wait two or three more movies to get it. The only person I would have had an issue with winning would have been Gary Oldman. So, right. but this, this, those three between Riz, Anthony and Chadwick 
was a was a real real thing. Like mm-hmm. one of my friends was like, "Oh, they don't know why um the father one." He was like, "Is it a good movie? Like, is it a good movie just because white people are saying it's a good movie?" And I was like, "No, nah, it's actually a good mo- movie." I wouldn't, I wouldn't, but be like, but caveat is if you've had people or experienced people close to you deal with dementia and Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's, I wouldn't watch it because it's going to, it's going to hit you emotionally because I know it hit me emotionally. That's how good Anthony Hopkins was in this role. So exactly. Yeah. I think he deserved the win. So that's all of, um, the, nominations winners i felt like i was not on my game this year mainly because everything was so weird like i don't know my predictions usually go by like how the pattern of the award season goes but since the award season pattern was so screwed up i couldn't even make real predictions about anything so i'm gonna give myself a break and say you know what i did the best that i could (laughs) and next year i'm gonna be on it because hopefully things will be more in sync Hmm. more you know but in terms of the actual ceremony, mm-hmm. what did you think about the actual ceremony? What surprised you? What made you laugh? What were you just like, um, what? <laughs> I thought I thought the ceremony as a whole was well done. I thought them going to a smaller venue and how they mm-hmm. turned that whole uh, that train station into like yeah. I didn't I wasn't even thinking it was a train station day set design and everything like the production for that whole set was they should win an award for that <laughs> on their yeah, own yeah. nominated it's also an award um yeah. and they probably will probably be up there for emmy for that next year mm-hmm. but um my only thing is the whole glenn close thing like i'm still confused as to how people thought that wasn't scripted mm. um, oh they thought they what that was yeah, because um, apparently people thought it was real. Um, the LA Times revealed today that they spoke with people involved with Oscars. Like, yeah, the moment was scripted. And I'm like, how did you not think it would be scripted? That's too, too much for a 50-plus-year-old white woman to know that much background information on a song called The Butt. Like, all even to shout out D- DC Go-Go bands. Like, I've heard the song The Butt. I know DC Go-Go. Yeah. I'm not going to go that far in depth without much background knowledge. I don't know how you assumed that this white lady would know that much about that song. You know? Yeah. So, but it's the Oscars. They're gonna, they want to have those scripted moments. I do think they screwed up. Whoever screwed up is probably not going to get a job for a long time for admitting that it was a scripted moment. Um, but it's the Oscars. <laughs> they have the scripted moments happen because they want, they want those clicks. So, yeah. Yeah. I overall thought it was fine. I always think that these award shows are way too long. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> and they cut out the musical section. So imagine the music inside of that three hours. What is it? That's how it felt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, award ceremony. But I thought it was really good. I was like looking at reviews afterwards and people were like, what the heck was that? And I was like, what do you mean? It's fine. Like it was the best I've seen from any of these award shows. So I don't, I don't know. I'm not really sure what other people were talking about, but I really enjoyed it because I like that we had everyone back together. We got a red carpet. Yeah. I like that it was a lot more intimate. It felt really like close, like only the essential people needed to be there. And I really enjoyed that. There was no host. Loved that. Um, no stupid jokes. 
I love the Glenn Close moment because that was just so funny to me. Just to see some old white lady throw in the back, like that was hilarious. <laughs> I actually, I, I I yell laughed like that's how funny that joint was. Yeah. Um, all the unpredictable moments, like Daniel's speech or um, or any of any of those little moments, I thought that that was really cute. I didn't understand the flow of the of the ceremony. Things were kind of all over the place, especially when you're used to kind of seeing things like the way you remember them in order and sequence. Yeah. Like best pictures always last. Yeah. Um, that was really weird to me. The presenters, some of them were like it didn't seem like they had a script or maybe they like memorized some things that they were going to say about each nominee. Hmm. And then there were some, there were that were like, they cut to videos of the movies, but the scenes went on so long. I was like, um, we're not watching the movie here. Like, let's just, (laughs) let's keep it pushing y'all. Um, just little things like that. I didn't, I didn't mess with. Hmm. I did like that. There was cameras and stuff set up in different cities around the world. So there was no zoom, which was awesome. So we can just like, switch to London and the, it was crystal clear perfection like quality I really enjoyed that and um my girl Zendaya was there and she looks so good yeah. Ooh, she looks so good um but yeah overall I thought it was a really it was a good ceremony and I just want them to continue to keep the fat like that's all I want yeah um, like don't make it so damn long they they follow cues from the Grammys, but the Grammys is like, yeah, we're going to do we're going to do all this, but still have this bloated show, um, which I do think I do think the Oscars was smart to go. Yeah, is this really necessary? Nah, yeah, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's not at all. Um, I do th- I do like the fact they kept it small, intimate. Um, I do like the focus on it was they were intentional with the whole communal aspect of movies and how. Everybody has a share love of movies, especially with those small touches of, you know, asking people, all the actual nominees and stuff, who's ever worked on a, a 30-minute short mm-hmm. where everybody got their mm-hmm. start. Like, they said, like, Aaron Shorkin was a regular movie theater attendant, and now he's, mm-hmm. his movies, like, I love that mm-hmm. touch, because, yeah. like, you like, because oh, wow. the idea... Yeah, like the idea of it, like, oh, I'm just doing this little movie here. There's no way I'll reach it. Like, it gives you, it gives you a sort of hope, like hopefulness, and right. you know, that whole community aspect of movies. I, yeah, I, I do think some of them were a little iffy. Like, and <laughs> I realized something in watching this. I realized that uh, Renee, not Renee Zellweger, not Renee Zellweger. Oh, dang, what's her name? Ah, oh my gosh, blonde hair. She had an orange dress. Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, I don't know why I said Renee Zellweger. Um, <laughs> Reese Witherspoon is who Gwyneth Paltrow thinks she is. <laughs> she's not. She's not. It's who Gwyneth Paltrow wants to be. It's who? Yeah, it's like Renee Zellweger is who Gwyneth Paltrow thinks she is, as far as personality and how people, everybody likes her. Like you have, you have, oh, you have Renee Zellweger getting. You have, you have. Um. Reese Witherspoon getting Reese. sent stuff from Beyonce and Ivy Park and Gwyneth Paltrow is this crazy white lady who she thinks she's important, you know, and no, nah, you, that's not crazy. Yeah. But yeah, that's, uh, that's something else. <laughs> I feel but, like that's a side note, yeah. That's a side note. But yeah, but no, nah, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it so much. Yeah, I really liked that 
Because, I mean, every industry in person was touched by the um, pandemic. But I feel like when it comes to, like, Hollywood and when it comes to music and stuff, like, that stuff is, it's not really a job to the people who work there. Mm. It's, it's really, like, like, a passion. Like, it's their life. Like, they really care about it. So for them to not have the assurity that they might be able to continue working um, as things were getting shut down, and then if they got the opportunity to work, but they had to do it under like COVID restrictions and stuff, or yeah, I they feel like I feel like everyone has like a greater appreciation for the art form because of what they just went through, and it kind of probably reminded a lot of people like why they love it and why it's important. On on that note, it just hit me. Um, I do think to sell it better, what they could have did for this year in particular, knowing the a lot of below-the-line people were disproportionately affected by COVID compared to all the above-line people that got nominated. The only the only below-line category they have for this movie is, and I, I wouldn't even really call it below-line, but it kind of is socially, like, art is editing and sound. Like, mm. even though they're not really below-the-line positions, I do think they should have added, like, um a category for like lighting and stuff like that like expand upon like we were talking about with cinematography if you're celebrating this whole communal aspect of cinema and film celebrate the little guys as well you know not just the big guys so yeah yeah that's true yeah one thing i didn't like was that they didn't nominate regina king for director or her movie but they let her intro it i was like how you gonna (laughs) she said like your stuff we're just gonna ask you to come and like introduce the show that's good enough right like and that was weird because in her speech she said like oh my movie one night in miami is like she said she's a nominee for like directing or best picture and i was like wait a minute was she no she said it was nominated for like three categories but not it wasn't or for director so yeah yeah so i like to but that was good. I was just like, y'all are so fake. Like, I just gonna invite her here and then not nominate her. Like, that's stupid. Yeah. Well, they I have mean, a tradition of it's, it's the past winners that present the awards for the categories. Yeah, but it wasn't. She wasn't even. I don't. What award did she present? She presented the Green first. She first. Yeah. She didn't write anything before this, so they just wanted her there, but they didn't want to give her anything. Not anything particular. Yeah, like not her specifically. So it was just like to me that was kind of weird. But she looked amazing. I so. I, I I think the only like yeah she's been killing it award season. She's been killing it. I think the only presenter yeah. who was connected to a movie that won was Riz Ahmed for when Sound of Metal won Sound. Yeah. Like all no. the all the other category, all the other presenters were like, oh my movie didn't win. Like. <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> all the other presenters like he's the only one. At least he was involved in one winning movie, so you know. Yeah, that's why I'm like, don't nominate me. Then actually pre- to present, like I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm gonna pull a Hopkins and just not show up. You know. Yeah, just not show up. Wait till. Yeah. But yeah, that was the Oscars 2021. Mm-hmm. And now it's over, and we're gonna move right back into festival season and start this journey all over again. Yeah, we're. we're- we're currently what right now we're doing what Atlanta Film Fest, watching all that stuff yeah. right now. So never my my sister my sister made that comment. I was like, yeah, I got a lot of work to do. Was like, why? I was like, I got the Oscars, and then I have Atlanta Film Fest to do. Was like, y'all y'all's around the clock. <laughs> I was like, yeah, like yeah, <laughs> in, in, in never, in you know never what's ends. funny though is that like 
normally it would we would have a little break because everything would be done like in February. Yeah. And then we'll probably have like March um off and then like Tribeca or something would start in like April or something. But since since they pushed everything, yeah. there's no time to chill. Like there's so many things that are happening within months of each other. So it's just like and these are festivals, which means you have to watch a bunch of crap. Like it's not like you can just watch one movie. Yeah, you gotta Yeah. <laughs> So, so yeah. That's my feeling on that. It's yeah. a big old sigh. It's it's a fun oh, sigh. It's a fun sigh. It, it's it's content. Yeah. It's content and it is fun. It's just a lot to do. <laughs> but other than that, I think that's it for the Oscars. Um you had some news that you were gonna share with us. I mean, the news was mostly what we talked about in the midst of going all these Oscar Oscar thing is you no know, getting close. The issues with you know, uh, Chadwick, um, of course, Black Messiah, um, the two other things happened in the middle at the end of the war show where they give their interviews was like, I think when Daniel went to go give his press interview, one of the ladies thought he was like Leslie Odom, <laughs> and she was and she looked there like there's a like he looks like I know. I know, should I say something? And if I say something, I might say the wrong thing. And he just, you know that quick second when you're compartmentalizing and choosing your reaction, he just kind of ignored it. And then um, one other lady talk was asking um, Miss Yun for um, Minari about um, how, like, what did uh, Brad Pitt smell like? Because she said, "This is I haven't seen you. You're, you're the producer. This is the first time I'm seeing you. And she was like, what did Brad oh, Pitt smell that- Joke. Yeah, I didn't get that. Oh wow, that really flew over my head. I thought yeah. it was just because oh, it's Brad Pitt, like he's amazing. Yeah, I didn't know he produced it. Yeah, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt is producing some good stuff underneath the table. Yeah, Plan B Company. Yeah, has won multiple Oscars. Like it's done so well. Yeah, but um, I didn't know he produced me. Yeah, that's awkward. So. Yeah, she's like, I never. You, oh, it's my first time seeing you. You weren't on on set, and then the lady asked that's her. She asked her, like, oh, what did Brad Pitt smell like? And she's like, why would I know what he smells like? I didn't sniff him. I'm not a dog. I was like, <laughs> like, but why would you ask that question? Like, what possesses you to ask what Brad Pitt smells like? So, Because these journalists aren't journalists, you know? They don't, yeah. come, they don't come with the hard-hitting questions. They are celebrity fiends who are just concerned about, like, that one time Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston touched hands at the SAG Awards, like, yeah. and they all lost their collective minds. Like, that's what they care about. Yeah. That's actually funny. That's why I love that woman. That woman is amazing. Yeah. Um, and other than oh, that, goodness. the only issue is, okay, so um, I don't know if you're aware of what NFTs are, but it's kind of within this cryptocurrency culture we're kind of dealing with. And um, uh, artists, I mean, his oh wait, wait, wait! Is NFTs like how they how some kids like got GameStop to like no. take over the stock market? No. Okay. No, but um, so NFT is like think of <laughs> think of like this phone, um, and it's it's now it's now digital property, and you buy it, you kind of own the digital rights to it. Um, that's the the okay. base description I can give to you of what an okay. NFT does. Um. This artist kind of was commissioned 
First, it was announced that, oh, it was a free thing for all the Oscar winners, and it turned out not to be true. Um, it's a digital image of Chadwick Boseman. And it falls in line with one of those issues of how we deal with black celebrities and, you know, black people as being viewed as a commodity. Um, because my opinion on it was that, you know, a lot of other actors and entertainers died this year. Why are we just hearing about a Chadwick Boseman NFT? Like, like I'm not going to say Chadwick Boseman wasn't special. But, like, it just says to me, like, oh, even in death we view black bodies or black talent as commodities, no matter what. Um, and then it further became revealed that, like, first it said 100% of the proceeds of the sale of it would go to go to charity, and then the guy was like, nah, it's actually a 50-50 split with your charity and me, and so now you look even more scummy, and then it turns out that um, apparently the everybody in art, like even editing, graphic design, even to a degree, I will use some pre-made assets. Everybody does it. But the issue with this case was the core component was a sculpture of Chadwick's face that kind of forms out, forms up in gold. Um, the issue with that is he bought that on a website for $50. And the website he bought that digital sculpture of um, cheated somebody else out. So it's three people cheating off of, two people cheating off one person and taking credit for their work. And it's one thing to use assets. It's the one thing to like buy the asset and buy a stolen asset and make it the core component of your work. Because now you look three times scummy. Like, so it's a big issue with it, um, I know for me personally, I think for a lot of people on Twitter talking about it currently, so, but those are like the three main things that happened post-Oscar as far as news, so, I don't know if you have an opinion on it, you know, as far as... I think that people are opportunists, and if there is a way to make money, they'll do it, even if it's unethical, that's kind of the, that's like the tagline of America, yeah. <laughs> like if America was a TV show, like that would be the tagline. Ethics be damned. Yeah. <laughs> yes, ethics be damned. Like <laughs> no one cares about anything that is like sensitive to anyone else. Like people only pretend like they do because they don't want to sound like politically incorrect or whatever. But yeah, that's my opinion on that. <laughs> yeah. I think they had a sketch about that on SNL, but I didn't pay attention because it was a rap. So. <laughs> I learned something today. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Good for me. Um, did we watch anything this week? I mean, just, you know, the of course, the Atlanta Film Festival stuff that's going on. Um, saving that for next week. Yay! Um, I did watch a movie called... Um, dang. Why am I forgetting the name now? Now I don't want to mention it because now I forgot the name. Um... But I'll I'll probably mention it next week once I remember what we're done talking about it today. But yeah, um, yeah, Oscars, man, a lot of stuff I gotta keep, I gotta remember. So yeah, yeah, a lot. Yeah, I watched nothing new this week. I think did I watch a documentary? Oh yeah, I was watching like some royal family documentaries. Um, just because I was bored 
And then I made a little video on my channel about Megan and Harry. Mm. So if you want to watch that, you can check it out. <laughs> but other than that, yeah. Actually, okay. no, I do remember two of the two movies I did watch. I did watch uh, Guy Pierce's King Arthur, and I did watch um, uh, the Robin Hood movie with Jamie Foxx and. The kid from really? the kid from um what's that movie um the, Tyrion yeah from um the Kingsman. How were those? Movies? You'll get my review of them during the week on my videos. Oh okay. Well, because <laughs> literally that <laughs> I keep thinking that those movies are the same movies because they have the same feel. They kind of so are. I just forgot the they they kind of are. But there we go. There, that's that on that. Um, and is it that is that it for us? No, I have. A, is I it? I had a question for you. Um, yeah. You talked about Megan and Harry, which made me yes. remember it. Um. So I think yeah, Tyler Perry won an award for humanitarian. Um, he did. And I understand it was due to his, you know, his production deciding we're going to get everybody tested and film a year's worth of stuff in a man a span of a couple of months, which is damn near crazy um but do you think that that whole oprah documentary on harry and megan and people becoming aware of tyler helping them played a factor in him being nominated by the committee for that award oh i don't know yeah I think that that probably was, was more about like a race thing. Like, oh, we could probably give it to a black person because as little Ray Howard said, uh, this was the blackest Oscars that there's ever been. And I think that's somewhat true, somewhat not true. Um, I think it was a little bit true. Um, I think it was more about that than him helping them out. Yeah, because I don't know. I, I feel like... I don't know. <laughs> I saw the arrow. I was like, Tyler Perry are so ooh, like they. That's a whole conversation that we can have about Tyler Perry and how I feel about that man. Yeah. But in terms of his humanitarian work, I'm sure that he actually has done things for like people. I'm yeah. sure he has done things. That little video I saw, I think he's done some stuff. Mm-hmm. Making you know, making people work on his studio, in his studio, and like make movies in like five days is stupid to me um there's there's nothing humanitarian about it at all at all i'm sorry yeah nothing humane to me about that and all and honestly it's just like it was kind of annoying to see him up there because i'm like yeah your movies are garbage so why are you here like i don't i it just kind of frustrated me a bit because i was just like if we're gonna focus on the humanitarian part of your work then that's fine but you're also a filmmaker, so I'm sitting up here thinking about all the garbage movies that you've made while you're accepting this Oscar. It made me feel really uncomfortable. <laughs> like, I understand that it was for his humanitarian work, but I couldn't disassociate the two. Yeah, yeah, because- so I that part of the Oscar ceremony because I didn't want to hear him talk. Um, but yeah, that, that Megan and Harry's whole situation, I mean, the fact that Oprah even put that in there is so, that just shows me how much Oprah is like not to be trusted. Like, I don't care what y'all have to say. You can fight me, I don't care. Like, 
Oprah is a mess. Like Oprah only does stuff because like Oprah does stuff for ratings and for money and for recognition. Like that's literally all she does it for. Like she does not. Because like did that did that part need to be added into the interview? It had nothing to do with anything. Like oh that they're oh, they're so broke that we. And it was in it, uh, and I and I go into this in my video, but I'm just saying like you can't you cannot sit here and make me feel bad for you because you didn't have one mansion to go to while you were living in some other mansion. Like people are dying out here, y'all. People are poor. You cannot make me feel bad for you because you didn't have another mansion to go into because they might have closed the borders for COVID. Like, you were gonna be okay. I just don't, I know. <laughs> that part of the interview really got me because I was just like, y'all are really trying to like, pretend like y'all not rich. Like, who, uh, yeah, your parents cut you off, but you're so rich, you still got money. You have plenty of money. <laughs> Oh, that's the thing about, because we can talk about rape, let's talk about class, okay? Because that really, that takes some of the black people out of, like, I can't even deal with them on that level. Because I'm just like, y'all still got money, so I don't know what to say to you. <laughs> you're not going to make me feel bad. You're just not going to, you're not going to do it. Like, I, I, I hit it. Oprah's always, I don't, I don't mess with, I don't, I don't really bang with that whole situation. And I definitely don't bang with Tyler Perry, so. I, I, I hit a, I hit a sensitive spot for you right there. <laughs> like... Isn't that crazy? Like, <laughs> it's so crazy to me. Like, that's so crazy. But whatever. Um, those are my thoughts on that. Um, I think they could have given it to someone else. I mean, there are actually people who are real humanitarians who are like helping. But I'm not saying that he's not. I'm just saying like how convenient that he ended up with the award. It was just you get those oh, very- um, generic. This humanitarian award goes to all the doctors and first responders during COVID kind of thing. Yeah. But that would have been the easy yeah. way to go. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed this Oscar review. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be coming at you next week with our Atlanta Film Festival um, review. Yeah, we're local this time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And um, stay safe, and we will see you guys next week. Au revoir.